Merry Christmas, everyone! Welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Tim. Santa drew first blood. <laughs> this is a horror movie podcast, and of course it's December, we're doing Christmas horror movies, and today we're doing a film that has, like, five different titles. <laughs> so... <laughs> The title that's actually on Shudder, which is where we, we access this, is uh, Deadly Games. But the other most common title, the original title, is Dial Code Santa Claus. Uh, I want to point out another couple of titles, though, because apparently it's called Game Over officially in the US and the UK, despite the fact that Shudder says otherwise. So Game Over is also a title. And I was looking through the other titles and IMDb's because I was curious. And the one that stuck out to me that I thought was pretty funny uh, is in Peru... It was called Little Rambo's Fantasies. <laughs> I mean, it's accurate. <laughs> so, what is this movie? You're, you're thinking to yourself, what is this movie we're doing? This is a French film that was made, mm-hmm. and it came out originally in 1989 at a festival, although it didn't actually get a theatrical release even in France until January 1990. Because January is the perfect time to release a Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The longest possible time till next Christmas. But that's that's the thing. Here's the weird part of this. Mm-hmm. This movie did not get a release outside of a few specific countries until 2018. Uh, 2018 is when the US release finally happened on disc. Uh, mm-hmm. Late 2019 is when it went on, I think, Shudder, or at least other VOD services. So this was one that was largely inaccessible for most people. Mm-hmm. and was definitely kind of a hard-to-find thing until the last couple of years. So... We're here today to, to talk about this. Neither of us had seen this before. This is a, a first-time mm-hmm. adventure into this film. And the one thing I knew about this going into it is that the producers of this wanted to sue uh, the uh, Fox for Home Alone because they felt like it was taking oh. uh, too much of their film, which is actually kind of interesting getting into it, thinking about that, because I was kind of looking for Home Alone comparisons. Um, I will say, first and foremost, before we talk about the quality of the film, I can definitely see the parallels to Home Alone, and it's kind of funny that it came out right before Home Alone did. Although I'm pretty yeah. sure Home Alone had to have been at least written before this came out. Um, I don't. Th- I mean, if I was judge and jury, I would not say I would not give them a victory. <laughs> I would say that no, Home Alone. While there are definitely parallels between them, I like. I think there's there's movies that intentionally rip off other films that are far closer to the movies and didn't get sued than this is to Home Alone sure. or Home Alone is to this, but. No, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it's it basically you would be saying like, um, oh, a- any movie where like a kid is on the run from someone that breaks into their house, like that's yeah. a pretty broad thing. Yeah, and he does set traps, but the traps are very different. Uh, yeah, to, to the, the, those of Kevin McAllister, but we'll, I'm sure we'll make a few comparisons mm-hmm. as as we go. Uh, the basic gist of this is that yes, yeah, so as a kid who. He's not quite home alone. His his grandfather's actually in the house with him the whole time. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but unlike Home Alone, it's not a couple of thieves. It's actually a deranged man who is obsessed with children and also might want some revenge, who breaks in dressed as Santa Claus, and the kid has to defend himself. The kid in this case, though, unlike Kevin McAllister, is a bit of a genius kid who, like, you know, he works with cars, he works with computers, he's very good with technology. He's already got, like, a camera system set up around the house. His, uh, he, obviously, his mother's quite rich because this is a, it's basically a mansion that he lives in. And he's got, like, trap doors already set up. He's got a lot of, like, gadgets and gizmos, tons of toys. 
Um, but yeah, it, it basically, he's, be, yeah. Well, he's doing stuff on here that like seems very dated to us now, but like in 1990 or, you know, 89, like, holy shit. Like yeah, talking to someone on a computer, that's like unheard of, you know? Well, I, like, I mean, I actually questioned at <laughs> one point, cause obviously it's a French film. So reading the subtitles, when he's talking mm-hmm. about talking to someone on the computer, they mentioned message boards, and I was like, whoa, that's so super ahead of its time. However, I will say this. I'm pretty sure the translation for the subtitles was probably done in 2018. So I wonder okay. if the original text or the original dialogue in French, well, essentially that's what he's talking about. I wonder if like the actual term is dated, but the translator, because, mm-hmm. oh, it's in modern vernacular, so we'll make it easy to understand. So I'm wondering if the use of the, sure. the phrase message board is just the subtitler and the translator has done that. Mm-hmm. And it's not actually like that forward thinking in terms of its terminology, but you know, yeah. Still, yes, he's very, very, <laughs> very bright. He's got high IQ. We hear about that early on in the film. He also has the most ridiculous haircut uh, known to man. <laughs> yeah, it is a very mullet esque haircut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll leave that there. Um, but yeah, as a movie about a kid going to war with Santa, but it is a horror movie and it does have a bit of bite. Mm. Uh, the Santa in this is actually quite creepy and you do believe that he might murder this child if he gets his hands yeah. on him. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. It's very different to Home Alone in that sense where it never... You know, Home Alone is always a kid's movie. Uh, even you know, Totally, yeah. The bad guys are sinister enough for a kid's movie, but it, you always have that comfort of this is a Hollywood kid's movie. He's going to win, right? Mm. <laughs> He's going to win by the end of the day. Yeah when you're watching home alone you're never afraid that uh you know the sticky bandits or whatever are gonna snap kevin's neck or yes. like you know impale him <laughs> on a spike or something <laughs> whereas here you do but the weird thing about this movie the thing that really sort of sticks makes it stick out above everything else is is it is a real movie it looks like a proper film at the time this was clearly something that people make it were passionate about um but the thing that makes it stick out is just how much it actually it's funny that they wanted to sue because it was you know they, they felt home alone was ripping off because this mm-hmm. takes so much inspiration from action <laughs> movies from the 1980s yeah um does it does a ripoff of eye of the tiger played at the start during a montage yes and the montage <laughs> right down to the final shot where he kind of like puts the gun over his shoulder and walks out of frame mm. is the scene from commando when arnold's like gearing up because you know, he's putting on like the war oh. paint and he's like strapping things to his okay. chest and he's putting the vest on mm. it's that scene from commando and then there's several like other moments like that later on where there's like emotional montages of him like mourning like something and, <laughs> and like we'll get into all this in more detail but it really plays up with and this is the thing it plays it up with dead sincerity it's not trying to be a comedy <laughs> or anything like that it's I, I know it's a weird it's an interesting it's one of those so one of the things we often talk about with foreign films especially Asian films but this applies here as well uh, with this French film is that sometimes they do this thing where they'll strike a balance of tones that an American film never would be able to do. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas this dark, sinister, scary, <laughs> like, psychopath dressed as Santa stalking a child, and then it sort of, like, veers into over-the-top, like, action movie, like, like referencing, but somehow makes it fit, and it fits because it's, like, a kid's, like, imagination and how he's, like, viewing himself in the situation as he takes this, this war to this evil Santa... Anyway, that's the basic gist of the film. We'll talk about it more as we go. Tim, yeah, how did you feel about Dial Code Santa Claus, aka Deadly Games, <laughs> aka Ra- Little Rambo's Fantasies, aka Game Over? 
so I enjoyed it. Um, I I feel like I might be a little disappointed just because I had really, really high expectations. Um, yeah, because this was a movie that I, I wanted to watch last year, and then I think it might have like come out or, or or maybe was like or maybe we just thought of it just a little bit after you know we were doing our christmas movies that we just kind of missed it and then yeah like you said don't want to like watch it after christmas so yes we are um <laughs> but like it, yeah it, it is one that i've been hearing about for a while for the last you know two years or so that like oh my god this movie is insane or, oh my god this is so crazy like everyone's gotta see it it's like this nuts bizarre movie i can't believe it and i think um i forget what the comparison a lot of people make but i, I think i'd heard people say oh it's like you know uh die hard meets home alone and you know when you have those expectations you're kind of like <laughs> okay baby i i gotta see this um having finally watched it uh it, it is definitely entertaining um and there definitely are sequences where you're like wow the, you know that was that's not expected um uh, but then there are also like, you know, some kind of slower sequences. And I, I think like you're saying that kind of shift between tones, like there are instances where it full on turns into like a legit action movie, like not even like, you know, a parody of an action movie. It's like, oh, no, this is just doing like what you would see in an action movie. It's just the fact that it's like, what, like eight year old kid or something like that. <laughs> uh, and like. I think those scenes are so fun and entertaining and I was expecting the whole movie to be like that. But then I think there's like a lot of scenes in between where um, that stuff kind of stops and then like, and it almost goes back into this reality setting of like, Oh no, he is just a kid. And like, you know, he's like crying and stuff and then it gets kind of real. And it's like, uh, it's like, I don't know if that stuff always worked for me. Um, and then I, I think there's like some weird editing stuff where like something will be happening. And then like all of a sudden they'll be like in a, completely different place and you're just kind of like all right what just like how do they just get here you, you know what i mean like there there uh, is there is a moment sort of early act three where it cuts away from like a tense moment and all of a sudden there's, there's a moment where the basically the santa has got him and then the next scene he doesn't have him anymore yeah. and i was confused as to what like how did he get away <laughs> like what happened yeah <laughs> there, there is a weird transition at one point that i didn't notice yeah. So like there's a few things like that that like doesn't completely you know make make me love it I would say, but at the same time uh you know there isn't anything like it. It was definitely an experience watching it and like yeah, the action scenes like are very legitimately entertaining. So I I did have a fun time with it. I don't want to sound too harsh. Um but yeah, it just wasn't like uh the perfect movie that you know I was hoping to get. Uh, yeah, see, I didn't uh, have as many expectations outside of hearing that the you know they wanted to see Home Alone. <laughs> I didn't really know anything about it, so I, I went into it fairly cold. And it, you know, every time it cut to this guy who was going to, you know going to become this evil Santa, I was like, this is yeah. actually kind of creepy. The way it's kind of shown him just kind of staring yeah. at kids and like really, it was like it's really setting up this. And I was like, I was starting to get worried. Like, is, is this going to be Home Alone meets Mars? Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what, 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 what am I getting into here? <laughs> Uh, there's actually like a sinister nature to the bad guy, which is mm -hmm. is oddly refreshing in a movie like this. And yeah. it definitely does some things that a Hollywood movie would never do, uh, despite the fact that it's clearly in love with a lot of Hollywood action movies. Like whenever it starts mm -hmm. to get into these moments with the kid, like it, it it's relishing in and doing scenes from Commando or doing scenes from, uh, you know, 
there, there's a lot of like first blood and i was actually joking a lot through this that okay you can sort of argue that home alone could have taken some inspiration from this although part of me thinks because home alone came out in 1990 so i i feel like this is like a bit too yeah. close for it to actually have really taken anything from but um there was a joke in chat about it basically being prometheus in a weird way about the kid mm-hmm. believing in Santa, only to find out that the thing he believes in is actually dangerous and deadly, and like, it was, it was like okay. a really amusing like way of like trying to like fit <laughs> fit it to Prometheus. But I was actually, mm-hmm. without saying too much, we'll get to more spoilers. But there's actually a lot of John Wick in this movie, and that's a weird thing to say, <laughs> but there kind of is. I mean, obviously he's not skilled, and he's not doing like fancy, you know, like martial arts and gunplay or anything, but. There is a key part of this is very John Wick. And I, I, oh yeah, yeah, that definitely. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's it's just kind of like oh, it's it's almost like a lot of like filmmakers like watch this movie and like this they've been taking from it for the last like three decades as <laughs> they've been making movies. Um, I, I liked it quite a bit. I I think as it went on, there's definitely some slow moments in the pacing. I, I will say that, and a couple of weird editing instances, but I think it's so unabashedly what it is and the fact that it's willing to go into like these montage moments with the kid like and it's funny because it's all in the fact that the guy's dressed like santa um and i think he's legitimately creepy because he's creepy before that and there's instances where you think he might just be a psychopath but i think the moment Mm -hmm. where he like takes like a i think it's just like white spray paint and he just like paints his hair white (laughs) like that is legitimately like a like a like a taxi driver-esque scene where he's just looking in the mirror and he's like (laughs) he's sort of smelling as he's like spray painting his hair white and and his beard white Mm -hmm. and it's like this is actually kind of disturbing and he feels like Mm -hmm. an absolute nut job and like there's a there's a genuine menace to him like going around the house and obviously there's a coming of age thing because at the start of the movie because i think he's 10 uh and his mom's like saying to like her co-worker like the guy she's dating he's like she's like ah oh, you know like i want to make sure that he's still believes in santa this year uh and he's like well you know he's almost 11 like you know that's just kind of a normal age to like kind of be grown out of that and he's like and she's like no nah, but i i you know i still believe in santa when i was 11 so i really want him to still believe for a year or two more just to you know for the magic of christmas to still sort of survive and this, the whole movie is about the harsh reality of Santa not being real and Santa, <laughs> Santa yeah. actually being this dangerous thing. Because she says something to her earlier on, she's like, oh, you can't be awake when Santa gets here. If you see Santa, he turns into a dangerous ogre. And of course, <laughs> so obviously the kid blames himself for everything that happens because he, he believes that Santa's acting the way he is because he saw him. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what, you know, it did this. So it's this weird, dark coming of age element yeah. to it. <laughs> But the Christmassy side of it, other than, of course, the fact that he's dressed as Santa, is that I think the fact that he starts, like, turning his, like, toy weapons that are obviously aren't real weapons, he starts mm-hmm. turning them into weapons. There's a whole... Without getting into it too much, there's a whole scene where he essentially takes, like, a toy grenade, which is just hollow, and fills <laughs> it with stuff to turn it into actually kind... I mean, not, like, an actual... It doesn't match what a real grenade would do, but he, has, he yeah. essentially turns it into something that will explode and does have something in it that'll, that'll cause, a, cause a problem. Uh, or he, you know, takes a dart and sets it on fire so the dart will actually do some damage. Or so, you know, like he does these these things, and it's like, oh, he's actually taking his toys and fighting back with them. And something about a kid fighting back against a bad guy using his toys is very Christmassy feeling, despite the fact that it is actually quite dark and dangerous in a lot of ways. Yeah, and the difference, uh, you know, between this and Home Alone is like, um, you feel like the stuff in, in this movie 
is actually dangerous and can do damage while you mm. know home alone is kind of working on like cartoon logic where yeah you can light someone's head on fire hit them in a paint can and they'll get up a second later yeah like I, this uh you know yeah I, I mean as well i mean the kid in this actually does get a little injured at one point and it actually feels yeah. genuine and the other thing of course is that in home alone like the bad guys are, are entertaining. They're really funny. Like, Joe Pesci and uh, yeah, yeah. Daniel Stern are both really entertaining to watch. They they might even be the best part of the movie. Like, you, you're loving them sure. bickering. <laughs> you're loving, like, Joe Pesci touching the warm handle and, like, you know, <laughs> patting his head when they get set in fire and all that. All that stuff is actually really funny. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It makes them very likable, despite the fact that they're the bad guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Here are the bad guys, just the sinister, <laughs> brooding, like, like, what's he going to do to him if he actually gets a hold of him? You, you, you really yeah. don't know for sure. Because um, the opening scene of the movie is him walking down a street and, like, staring at a bunch of kids who are playing in the snow and then getting upset when they all kind of leave because they are they think he's creepy. And it's like, yeah. oh, this guy's unhinged. <laughs> like, Yeah, and, and it's not just, like, that he wants to maybe necessarily kill him, but you get the sense that he does kind of want to play this game, like a, mm. you know, a deadly game, if you will. But, like... Uh, yeah, there's kind of like this toyingness. Uh, to to put on my uh, my analytical hat here for a second, I think the point of the the villain here is that he's someone who never did grow up and never had okay. never got the childhood he wanted, so he's still trying to be a child. Uh, Makes sense. So yeah. the, I, I guess I mean I don't think the movie's saying this too, you know, specifically, but the idea being that maybe young Thomas here, our main character, if he doesn't actually grow up and like. Get, you know learn that all these things aren't real and like, he could become this type of character he could become someone who has been too coddled and turns into someone dangerous yeah <laughs> i don't know that's about a stretch maybe but uh, you know it, it definitely does feel like sure, he's someone I, who's trapped in his childhood where he's mm-hmm. he, he wants kids to play with him like he's still a kid and then when they don't he gets angry and lashes out so yeah that's the sort of gist i was uh i was getting um every time the movie was starting to slow down or i felt like it was slowing down it it then did something else to win me over again uh that's i I do think this is a bit of a gem i think if you like movies like this if you like christmas horror or you like just badass kids in christmas movies i think this is like a gem (laughs) because it was hidden to most people for so long sure that I would recommend checking it out. I mean, if you can squeeze this in before Christmas. Um, it's, it's set yeah. on Christmas Eve. This is maybe a nice thing to go along with Die Hard and Home Alone if you watch those. <laughs> this is your that, 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 this could go in between them. This can be the bridge between the two <laughs> films. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's a pretty easy watch. It, you know, it, it's not super long. Um, and again, I, I don't, I don't want to sound too harsh. Like, because, um, yeah, there, you know, there's a, there's a few things here and there but overall again i I think it is you know pretty entertaining especially when it goes into those action sequences and and yeah like very unique uh again like (laughs) i can't really think of something uh necessarily uh exactly like it like again you know people make comparisons to uh, other stuff like home alone or whatever but like it's yeah it's um it's it does still feel like it's doing something different and yeah it is being more sinister and has that horror angle while also still having like a lot of really fun sequences and um you know i i'm not a, as big uh an action guy um like i like there's definitely action movies uh, i i like and you know I, I can see some of the more obvious references like you know like i don't know rambo stuff or whatever like 
just kind of having that look um and and you know things here and there but you know it, it's the action stuff still worked for me and still was uh really entertaining i thought yeah um so i, I do recommend this i think if, if you like the sound of Atom, you've said i think you'll get you'll get some fun out of it uh and I, I watched this right after uh, Jack Frost 2, and this was such a pleasant <laughs> film after that one, because <laughs> so much better. So uh, I think yeah. we're about to go into spoilers. I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Borden Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are Patreon producers for the month, me and they are patrons at $20 or more over at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, you can go over there and support us for as little as $1 per month. $1 per month will get you access to the back catalogue of all the exclusive bonus episodes we've done on Patreon from streams, as well as bonus episodes from other shows that we have on Mailfuzz TV. Those are on pause for a little bit because Tim's uh, about to be a baby daddy. Uh, so paternity leave's kicking in soon. And because of that, they'll be uh, gone for a little bit, but they'll be back uh, sometime in the spring. But you get access to the, all the old stuff. Uh, $5 tier still gets early access to new episodes uh, by a day. So go and have a look and see if you want to help support all the content that we produce and keep it coming. So thank you. Also, you can support us for free by simply hitting the like button and comment. Stuff like that. Rating the podcast on iTunes, all that sort of stuff. All of it does help a lot. It helps spread the show to more people. So thank you kindly. So uh, full spoilers then for Dial Code Santa Claus, aka Deadly Games, aka Game Over, <laughs> aka Little Rambles Fantasies. <laughs> Uh, a lot of titles so well one of the key things that i think makes this work as well that's actually quite smart from like a just a, a script writing perspective is that the grandfather being around but being too old and blind and weak to really do anything is that it means that this movie is not just about thomas saving himself it's also about saving someone else so it makes him a bit more of a hero yeah. i think the second Home Alone kind of does this because the second Home Alone has Kevin McAllister. He has that moment where he doesn't have to intervene. He can just stay away from, you know, the, the wet bandits or the sticky bandits or whatever. <laughs> but he has that moment where he realizes they're about to, to rob a toy store that's going to, like, you know, give toys to, like, uh, an orphanage. And he, he chooses to intervene and, like, to set up his traps and intervene on behalf of someone else. So the second Home Alone kind of does it. But the first Home Alone, it's all about just saving himself, right? It's just about <laughs> saving his own skin. This movie has Thomas, like, you know, turn around and go back and, like, do whatever he can to save his grandfather. It's about saving his grandfather at times more than saving himself. And it makes him mm-hmm. feel like a little hero in a way that the movie may not otherwise achieve. And I think that's actually quite yeah. smart. Uh, so oh, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, and there's, like, some... Man, talking about, like, a, a difficult choice, like, when the, you know, kid and the grandpa are there kind of like hidden away and like you know you feel like the grandpa you know in most situations would be like no like kid like you stay safe like i'm going to i'm gonna have to be the one to get us out of this like don't worry but the grandpa is just kind of like yeah no you're right i'm useless i can't really see i can't you know i'm not too fast or whatever like all right yeah you you save us (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes let the kid do it but the kid does have security cameras. He has like a yeah. He has trap doors. He has like all these things in place. He actually has a lot of advantages <laughs> that most kids wouldn't have, uh, yeah. <laughs> given the situation. Um, and later on in the movie, when the grandpa basically is hidden by like he's in like the suit of armor and like the foyer, <laughs> uh, yeah. so that the, the the Santa won't notice him. Uh, is actually it's mm-hmm. very, it's probably the most cartoony the movie ever gets is the the idea that they got him in that suit of armor. Uh, 
but yeah uh but you know, and, and later on he needs his insulin so the kid has to try and like find his insulin and like get back to him mm-hmm. in time and it's this race against the clock to save his grandfather it gives him a mm-hmm. lot of stuff to do that isn't just saving himself which does really shake things up uh but we have to talk about a couple of things here uh first of all i want to mention because i was surprised when it became kind of almost like a revenge thing because mm-hmm. the, the the guy the second time we see him uh he actually and, and this was weird to me but like france i guess at the time in 1989 whenever they shot this uh maybe even 1988 when they were shooting uh had like public computers that were out in the street it was, it was almost like an, yeah it was like an atm <laughs> but it was just a computer you could mm-hmm. use to like do computer things on <laughs> like uh because our main character thomas is like in a chat room and he ends up like getting connected to you know this guy and the guy says he's santa claus and he's talking to santa claus and he's his friend who's a bit of a bully he's kind of like oh santa's no real and this but so i thought oh he's going to like tell him where he lives over the computer and that's why he's going to come to the house it's going to be his fault but it's actually mm-hmm. not because after this computer moment the 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 psycho like sees a sign on the department store that has has the, the you know thomas's mother runs that's you know why she's fairly wealthy because she runs this big department mm-hmm. store and they're looking for santas she wants santas in every corner to like make people feel christmasy <laughs> and he gets a mm-hmm. job which doesn't go very well like, literally his first night on the job which is like christmas eve mm-hmm. I don't, why, why they're hiring so late <laughs> i don't know yeah but he's got like a little girl on his lap and she basically says, oh, you don't look very good. Your beard's fake. You're not the real Santa. And he reacts by slapping this little girl in the face. And it honestly <laughs> is quite shocking. It's like, whoa, yeah. he, he just he just snapped. And yeah. but and, and Thomas's mother sees this and comes up and fires him on the spot. Like she's obviously she's very like, you know, trying to console the girl because she's crying her eyes out naturally. And he's like, you're fired. Report to, you know, personnel. But when he's there, he hears, he overhears the, the boyfriend character, like, saying, oh, hey, yeah, you know, the boss lady's sending a bunch of presents back home for, for her son, uh, so deliver them. And he goes and sneaks on the van with all the presents. And that's mm-hmm. how he gets to the house. So he kind of, it's. I mean, maybe he just wants to go and play with the kids, because he's, again, he's crazy. But it does kind of feel yeah. like part of it's like a revenge thing, because, oh, it's her son, because she fired me. Sure. Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, totally. So that's kind of your convoluted esque setup. Uh, the <laughs> the important part though, uh the big thing is the motivation because it's not just that he has to survive. The kid needs revenge. Mm-hmm. The kid needs revenge because as you alluded to at the very start of this episode, <sighs> Santa drew first blood. Because the kid has a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very upsetting. And this is not <laughs> a, a good dog. <laughs> yeah, this is not a Hollywood, but then the, the dog puts up with the kid's shit as well. The dog's like playing his games and mm. the, the kid like has like a trap door that has a net under it and the dog gets trapped in it and all that because and it's like ah the dog puts yeah. up with it, he likes the kid, whatever. Like he's a, a good dog. Yeah. So Thomas like wakes up, he falls asleep under the table, like he's waiting to spy on mm. Santa. And this guy, because it's actually just before this where the guy does spray paint his beard and that. It's after he's killed the delivery driver, uh, or maybe the caretaker he kills, but he, he spray paints his beard and that. And this is super creepy. It kind of felt like, it really felt like a moment in like a like a, like a a thriller or a serial killer movie where they finally have snapped and they're like suiting up for their their thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and like pretty much any time you see this guy, he just uh yeah does such a good job of like, looking and acting deranged like even when he's not saying anything but he just kind of has these like these like little growls or or something that he's doing or this kind of like 
you know, like nervous tick laughter uh, that, yeah, it, it just, anytime you see him, it just feels very unhinged and dangerous. It's a good performance. It's definitely a good performance. Yeah. He, uh, I see it's very taxi driver is what it's making me think of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just the, the way he's in the mirror, like sort of smelling himself as he's spray painting his hair <laughs> white. But he does come down the, the chimney and he comes down and then, and Thomas is all excited until the dog runs in and starts biting at him and growling because the dog detects danger, of course. Uh, and so not that dogs won't be killed in like Hollywood movies because they will be but I feel like there's like a sensitivity to it because they know it'll upset people so they, they wouldn't they don't do what this movie does which is much like <laughs> this movie treats killing the dog like killing a human meaning that it's happy yeah. to show it it's happy to show the stab <laughs> uh, and it's yeah. pretty dark where you're not used to seeing animals be killed on screen like this. Um, now, obviously, they didn't really kill a dog. It's, you know, right, it's, right, right. it's obviously uh, an effect. It's, it's, you know, it's just like killing a human is, but mm-hmm. it's not a visual I think we're used to seeing in most movies. Yeah. So it's pretty dark. Uh, but, yes. Yeah, so, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I never you know, like to see, uh, you know, animals get, get hurt in movies. But I do like later on when they do have the, the very like action movie, movie kind of thing where he has to bury his like comrade. Uh, and, this, like... Yeah. This is so unbelievably amazingly over the top. <laughs> so there's a scene where this like sad song starts playing with piano and it's, and I think it's, it may be written for the movie. I mean, it's in English admittedly, so maybe not, but mm-hmm. it's actually talking about like, christmas and it's talking about revenge and it's talking about you know all that stuff but he's actually carrying the dog like a like like someone in a war carries like a dead body and yeah. the, the dog's tongue's like hanging out and the sad music's playing and he takes his toy katana and his toy like little like, army knife and makes a cross yeah. out of it and buries the dog and this like sad music's playing and then it's, it's right around this time where he like then like there's also a montage, maybe a different montage, but he mo- there's a montage at one point. Of, it's, it essentially does the montage from the start again, where he was training yeah. and like suiting up and strapping stuff to him and all that, the commando mm-hmm. montage. But this time it's serious because this time he's actually got something to fight. So it's very emotional <laughs> and he's like strapping things in. And the, the way it treats this kid's story is like a wonderful thing. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know I think- how to put it. It's It's wonderful. I, I think one of the things that really works about it is that, like, the the director, the way he films it is the exact same way they would film, like, an action movie. Like, it doesn't yeah. feel like a comedy director parodying action movies, you know? Like, it, there, it feels like there's an, uh, like, a, you know, an authenticness to it's sincere. the way he portrays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, like you were saying, like, you know, that montage in the beginning, it's like, oh, yeah, like the only reason why, you know, this is feels different than like actually watching Rambo or Commando or whatever is because the kid is 10 years old. Like everything else about it, like, looks exactly like, you know, you would expect those movies to look. Yeah. And the fact that it's toys as well, of course. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, he does set traps. He sets like a trap with like, two crossbows at one point that fire like you know plane darts into the side of Santa's yeah. neck, uh, and then like a, a flaming great. like you know like not not like a plane dart, but like a, like a toy dart that you have in a toy gun. He like sets that in fire yeah. and shoots at Santa. 
He actually, he's got like a tra- a tracking uh, device. He, he, yeah, he's yeah. able to stick like a tracking beacon onto Santa. So he's got like an alien style like sensor, and he's like following Santa through the house. Like <coughs> it's so ridiculous he has all this, despite the fact that how rich like his family might be. But it does make it damn entertaining when he starts pulling out all these tricks and he's trying to like follow Santa around and. He's, he's watching on the cameras yeah. and he ends up having to go out on the roof and like hide from Santa at one point. It, yeah, it's just all this yeah. delightful stuff. I mean, maybe I'm asking too much, but I did wish he kind of like utilized the house more just because I, I got really excited when, he, you know, he has this thing on his arm that like can control like the, the shutters and, and like mm. you said, has like, um you know, this kind of like live feed of like security cameras and stuff and, uh you know, releases the trap door. But um yeah i was expecting it to really have like a lot more traps and it's um yeah it, you know it doesn't get utilized as much as i thought but I, again that can just kind of be me with like having like too high of expectations or whatever no i mean i can agree with that i, I could have used more of the house stuff being, being more of a factor um uh, i was definitely happy when he started making more traps because it felt like there wasn't that many yeah. of them up until that point outside of the one where the floor kind of you know collapsed into a net but uh yeah. but I, I, you know i i i felt like it kept doing interesting things with, with whatever it was doing so I, I never felt too let down by it uh you know some of the set yeah. pieces where he's able to like send like a fax because the phone obviously the, the killer is taking the phone lines out uh he sends like a fax to his friend as well as like his mom's place <laughs> of work and it just says santa's trying to kill me and my grandfather <laughs> sent help so his kid even though it's like after midnight his friend like gets on his bike and comes over and when he comes in, and in fact, this is this is the scene where Santa gets to Thomas, and he actually slashes because the main weapon Santa uses. This is what he uses to kill the dog, but then later on, he's also using it to like. This is what he uses to to uh, slice uh, uh, Thomas. It's like a cake server. It's just like, you know that metal kind of like cake scoop spoon that yeah. you have. Mm-hmm. So he actually slashes the back of Thomas's leg, and it feels quite you know visceral. Uh, but Thomas mm-hmm. is able to get away because Santa, you know the best friend shows up and Santa has to chase him outside. Uh, the best friend does get away uh, on his bike, which it never really comes up again, which I thought was a little bit weird. I, I thought maybe, like, when more police show up at some point, because the police do yeah. show up, but they show up because the the, the mum and the, the, the boyfriend character have, like called them in uh, to come check on the house because they're, you know, they're worried that they can't get through on the phones and it's, it's too suspicious or whatever. Yeah. And then, admittedly, not the same thing, but the when he's chasing the the kid on the bike, it did kind of remind me of uh, the end of The Shining a little bit, just kind of seeing oh, this sure. strange guy. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. And there's even like a maze, like it was like an art gallery place in the house. Yeah. That's that was probably the oh, most. Yeah, yeah. This was the most I ever felt that like the house had something too weird, bizarrely, because uh, the, the the traps I felt like okay, the kids built the traps in himself because he's a little weirdo DIY genius. Fine. But that's weird art gallery. It was kind of like a maze. I was like, why is this in the house? Like, <laughs> what's, what's the that, mom doing with this? That and like the weird hidden toy room that like no one knows about. That was like a bit too much for me. Like, I felt mm. like like this weird kind of like magical surrealism that isn't really present in the rest of the movie. I think the uh, toy room uh, they tried to explain by saying that like this was like his father's, his grandfather's, like, all of like generations of like the dads who have owned this house have all mm-hmm. put their toys here so that's why there's so many toys in this weird like hidden room in the middle of the house i mean it's a stretch i don't, I don't deny that <laughs> yeah it's just a, it's like so big like such a big room if it was just like you know like a little extra bedroom or whatever but yeah. it's like it's gigantic and like 
you get in there like through a fridge it's like all right so no one else has ever opened this fridge <laughs> other than like these people but i mean i mean it you know it's such like a small thing though it's not like a it's not like it ruined the movie or anything yeah it's just kind of weird <laughs> yeah so i mean thomas has to like cobble together like a crutch it's like, it's like a part of like a frame or something that he's using to like use oh, yeah. a crutch and he's sort of hobbling around but he has to try and get insulin for his grandfather so he's looking in the uh the the, the bathroom uh santa actually starts to fight back because after the first couple of times where he's used like a toy to like get to him because if i actually yeah when he slices him it's right after he's tried to use his makeshift grenade to the back of like mm-hmm. a, a toy like truck uh mm-hmm. he's like driven the truck towards santa and he hopes that santa is like it's going to blow up with santa but Santa winds it up and sends it back, and it's like, oh, Santa's actually starting to like fight back with <laughs> the toys. And it was actually like a <laughs> yeah. kind of an oh shit moment. Uh, but similar, uh, when he's trying to get the insulin later on, in another remote control truck comes in the, the bathroom. But the way it sets up, this is actually quite good, because the camera, as he's looking for the insulin in the medicine cupboard, the camera goes down to the motion tracker, and you see it coming towards him. Like, the, the motion tracker's coming, so you're expecting Santa mm-hmm. to pop out. But it's actually just this uh, toy truck with uh, the sensor on it. So Santa yep. found the sensor. <laughs> Santa's like figuring things out, and this is like a, this is oh we've got a fight on our hands. This is a you know mano a mano like combat scenario here, um, and that was super exciting. I think I think those moments of tension were actually kind of ramped up. Or like oh shit, it's actually building a reaction out of me because it's saying hey, he might have figured this out. Maybe he should be worried. Uh, those moments were kind of cool um yeah and it does get dark because when the cop shows up the cop gets killed again the way the way the cop gets killed is kind of weirdly off camera so that was a little bit confusing in the edit i'll say that yeah uh but there's some great visuals where you know they'll get to the car and santa will be standing in front of the car in the snow and the mist uh mm-hmm. when the kid takes the cop car and drives it away to try and go get help uh santa's mm-hmm. in the back seat so you get a classic sort of horror <laughs> movie moment um and we get this this really dark thing where like he gets the cop's gun and it's like is this kid going to have to kill someone is he going to have to kill santa and he shows some it doesn't quite kill him though because santa does show up back at the house when he goes back to help his grandfather um and comes stumbling in and uh, the, the gun gets dropped there's a struggle between santa and the kid and the grandfather who's now like woken up after getting his insulin injection goes for the gun but we see his pov he can barely see anything so i was like are they about to give me the ultra dark ending where he accidentally shoots the grandson <laughs> are they going to give us this ultra dark ending where the grandfather Jesus. accidentally shoots his grandson because he can't see anything luckily it is that... a french film i wouldn't yeah yeah that, that well that's the worry right that's why you feel after the dog scene it's like well we feel like yeah. we're in unsafe territory because they can go a bit more extreme here because it's not the safety of hollywood <laughs> Uh, right <laughs> but now luckily when the mum shows up the santa's been shot the grandfather saved his grandson and the, the thomas has just said i'm sorry it's my fault i saw him i saw him and he turned into an ogre <laughs> and the, the yeah. mum's like oh shit this this kid's going to have some uh problems growing up <laughs> i may have i may have mentally ruined him for, for the rest of his life um but all, all the set pieces are like super fun and like, the moments yeah. where you th- think, oh, the grandpa has to, like, try and shoot the Santa, but he can't see. Or is the kid going to have to shoot someone? That's super dark. Or when the, the kid actually gets sliced at one point and he's injured. Like, it really feels like it, it, it could go over the line. And, and arguably, in some cases, does at the various points. But mm-hmm. it feels like there is actually is, like, a menacing presence to it where 
yeah they, this might end with like like I, I was expecting the grandpa to die i thought the grandpa was going to like sacrifice himself <laughs> yeah. to save him or something and like and and that's separate, not that yeah. dark but it, it definitely felt like it could have been done that way yeah no totally uh but yeah it, it all like <laughs> strangely works and makes it really captivating and that uh, yeah i think the um you know kid was like a very seemed like a very good uh performance uh that he gave like he you know he could do those like action scenes like <laughs> pretty well he could make him like very believable but then like he also did like have the vulnerability uh, vulnerability of like you know the, the scenes when he is a kid and he's like you know crying for his grandpa or you know his mom or and, and stuff or his like, dog it's, uh, yeah because during the montage yeah, when, like, he, when he's burying the dog there was a scene of him sort of like crying and as he's like getting ready to gear yeah. up it's yeah <clears throat> so yeah that's i mean, that's I, I think the movie is impressive and what it juggles and the, the 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 tones that it hits despite the fact that on paper it sounds like a dumb kids movie uh <laughs> the fact that it takes it so seriously and gives you these menacing things but at the same time also manages to have like action movie references and treats him like he's a little rambo is actually kind of interesting yeah yeah totally and uh and again like you mentioned it before but the you know because it does sound like maybe for time more about an uh, action movie but like you said the the uh santa is like so sinister in it that you know uh there are some pretty quality like horror moments uh, oh yeah in it as well when he kills a dog and we're just watching it from the perspective of the kid so it's like just his feet in that or even later on when he's like just looking around but when the the scene where the kid and the grandpa get to the car because they're trying to escape and the santa is just standing in front of the car in the snow like there's a lot of horror movie like scenes yeah. and moments and visuals and the killer does have that menacing like horror movie kind of presence to him yeah and then uh it didn't really mention it but um you know another like home alone similarity is like uh you know the mother trying to race home <laughs> yeah. to get the, like uh to find to get to the sun yeah i don't think i realized um, how far away her work was because it takes her a while to get home <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> she's also like driving pretty fast for like yeah be careful when you're driving in the snow uh, yeah. well she does crash to be fair it does actually yeah. <laughs> catch up to her she does crash for a bit yeah uh, I was like, oh, if John Candy shows up and takes her home uh, and he's a swing band fan, <laughs> then maybe, yeah, maybe they've got a case. I was a swing band, it was a poker band, if I remember right. Poker. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. If you remember, I'm remembering the scene where he's explaining to uh, Kevin McAllister's mom, he's explaining that he's, they're a poker blues band or something like that, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, poker, poker, poker. I, I have memories. Like I've seen Home Alone a lot, okay? um <laughs> so yeah i uh this movie's kind of a blast uh, i mean i it does have it's, its, fun, yeah. its slow moments it does have some weird edits in a couple of places but to, for, for the most part it makes you really care about the kid it gives you yeah. it, it, like thrilling sequences it gives you all the staples it it's, it's really exciting to discover a movie like this because it's like, mm. oh, I thought I'd seen all the good action or horror movies that were set at Christmas that were made in this time period, and it's really fun to find a new one that feels of of this of that era and be like, oh, this is another good sure. one. This I this is actually might go into the rotation. This might be a Christmas rotation yeah. movie now, <laughs> going forward. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so yeah, I I, I happily recommend uh, Dial Code Santa. <laughs> aka game over aka deadly games aka little rambles <laughs> fantasies 
<laughs> I mean, I suppose we have to read it now, but uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I think I can't sell how unique, despite the fact that this is, it is taking a lot from different things and it's referencing a lot of things. The mix of all the elements that it has is so unique that I do think it is something mm-hmm. that people should check out if you like any of the stuff that we've been talking about. Uh, For so. sure. Yeah, I guess we're ready to rate. So, uh, Tim, what are you going to give the movie? <clears throat> uh, I think I'll give it... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go as high as a 7.5. Uh, I think... Um, uh, yeah, like, it, it doesn't quite tip it over uh, for me to, like, that kind of great 8 territory, uh, but... Uh, just for the you know the few flaws and a few slow parts here and there. I mean, we already talked about that, but like I, I mean, it, those are very minor things. Like, there's still really a lot to joy here, <clears throat> and um, yeah. Again, I I think unique is like a great way to put it. Like, yeah, I can't really you know even though we do have a lot of you know horror Christmas movies that we love and evil serial killer Santa is not necessarily a new thing, but this movie is definitely like a unique new thing that I can't really say I've uh seen before it's um you know it's like a it's an experience watching it which uh, i think those are some of like the best movies you know where um when you're done it's not even like you're saying oh this is really good or this was really bad it's like you know i just had like an experience like i just watched something that i'm pretty sure i never seen before that you know there's, there's few stuff out there like it and uh yeah that's always really fun and admirable and uh yeah so i'm uh, happy finally uh, i got to watch it yeah, it's like if the Santa from Christmas Evil was the bad guy in Home Alone, but Kevin McAllister <laughs> was also trained by John Rambo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. First of all, you've upped your rating because I saw what you read on Letterboxd, Tim. Uh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. I, I see you kicking the numbers over there. Wasn't it just a three? I thought, which is about a seven. I would say that's a six. I'd say that's a six. Because you can still, I mean, you're still oh, technically okay. rate, you're still rating out of ten though, because you can do half stars on on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. Yeah. But fair enough. If you have a, if you have a, di- a bit. <laughs> if you have a different translation from stars to your out of ten, I get it. Technically, they're different. I always rate out of ten though, so I, I just think of Letterboxd as out of ten too. Uh, okay, that that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I I think I'll give it the eight. I think I'm going to I'm going to I I really like this. I had a, I had a blast and uh, it does slow down a little bit here or there in a couple of moments, but then it speeds right back up and it it does things that were making me smile and I was like, oh, this is such a find. This is <laughs> such a gem. I'm and it's almost more exciting that it was like hidden for so long and now we all get to mm. discover it and. Uh, one of the new segments, which you will not see in most of the episodes after December, because we've recorded them already, uh, where I look at user reviews on MDB. There's not actually any funny ones to really point out here. Uh, the only thing I wanted to note is is that there's one review from 2002, and then every other review after that is all from 2018 onwards. So, okay, just to give you an sense, idea yeah. of like you know how few people got to actually see it uh, before 2018. Um, there's no, there's no actual negative. I mean, the lowest rating on here six out of ten, and the reviews they're all sevens, eights. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's no like bold hot takes that are funny that I can read out. Unfortunately, so uh, <laughs> not, not all movies are going to have them. I, I mean, I, I feel like most mainstream ones would just because you'll find you know there's enough reviews that you'll find some you know crazy people in there. 
I feel like sure. this though is such a narrow, like niche, like only the cult movie people are going to watch this the, one. That I, yeah, the the people that are watching this are I mean, like people like us that know kind of what they're going into or have like an yeah. expectation. So I I feel like yeah, most people aren't just like randomly throwing it on and being like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's uh, that's that. Uh, so if you made it this far in the review. Uh oh god, what did I put in the uh oh, there's the word here. Interesting. Um put the word Noel into the comments because that's uh what the French say when they talk about Santa Claus uh, at Christmas. Okay. Noel. So there you go, for being cultural. Uh Tim is going to do his post for the thumbnail. So here we go. Three, two, one, pause. <laughs> if I can Photoshop on some uh, war paint uh, on Tim's face, I I, I, I might do it. Um, Unfortunately, I wish I had some props. If I had some cool sunglasses or like a little toy gun or something, I would have grabbed it. Or but... a red uh, headband or something. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, so there, there you go. That is uh, that is Dial Code Santa Claus, uh, aka Deadly Games. I won't do all the titles, but those are the two main ones. Uh, so. No, uh, let us know what you think of the movie. If you've seen it in the comments, please do. Like and subscribe. We mentioned Patreon earlier. Patreon.com slash TV. Go over there. Uh, do all these things. They help us out a lot. Uh, catch us on Twitters at Screams Midnight for updates, but also just general sort of wacky ramblings from Tim and myself, uh, as well as find ourselves on Twitter. You can find me at Wibble89. Tim's at Tim Virgulish. Oh, no, you changed it, didn't you? I think it's uh, Goatman TV now, or Goatman Tim V. At Goatman Tim V, okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's not sure. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> if, if you check uh, our... Um, just check the Screams feed, and then you'll probably see me liking or responding to something. Yeah, yeah. There you go, yes. Just Daisy Chain it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, go over to Twitter. And check us out on there. Uh, but otherwise, that is, that is us. We got one more Christmas movie for you next week. Uh, it's a doozy. So, look forward to that. Uh, but this has been our, our game over deadly games dial code santa claus review thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies merry christmas and we will see you next time